Hello everyone and welcome to this special video in which we'll talk about how to get into dental school as a foreign grad. Since I don't have much experience about that, I brought my special guest, Dr. Seema Hbrawi, who'll tell us all about that and how to get into dental school as a foreign grad. Welcome Seema to the channel. Hi, Mikey. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Can, can we start by having you introduce yourself to our viewers, tell them about your journey, what have you done so far, and then we'll go into the details of your journey. Yes, sure. Uh, my name is Dr. Seema Habrawi. I graduated from University of Sharjah uh, as a Bachelor's of Dental Surgery in 2020. Um, I then did one year of uh, general practice residency at the University Dental Hospital in Sharjah. I've been applying for two cycles to get into dental school in the U.S. and I can tell you about the different routes for, um, for foreign graduates to get into the U.S. dental schools. Uh, I recently got accepted into uh, UCLA, which is number one uh, dental school in the US, and it's also ranked number six worldwide. I'm currently pursuing something called advanced standing, which we will talk more uh, in depth about. But basically, I'm repeating the last two years of dental school so I can get a doctorate of uh, dental medicine degree so I can practice in the US and then pursue residency later on. Awesome. Congratulations. UCLA is one of the best institutions in the US. And I'm very excited for you to have this experience and start your, your dental school journey in the US. So to, to give kind of a background to our viewers about the different routes for dental school, can you start by explaining how do people who actually live in the US, who are born here, went to school here, do dental school? And how is it different from foreign grad and the different pathways available for them? Yeah, sure. So people who graduated high school, let's say from the US and want to become dentists, they need to go through um, similar routes to medicine. They need to do four years of undergrad, either in biochemistry, neuroscience, or any um, science field, let's say for four years, they need to have a bachelor's degree first, and they then they apply to dental school. So there's an exam in between that they do is called the DAT or dental admissions test. Unfortunately, I don't have much uh, information about that test, but I know that um, the process in general goes bachelor's, you do the test, the DAT or dental admissions test, and then you go directly into dental school. Uh, dental school after that is four years. So it's a total between eight to nine years, give or take, especially if there's some time lost uh, during the dental admissions test cycle. Um, and after that, someone can become a general dentist in the US. Now, if you want to pursue residency, that's again, you're talking about two up to six years of uh, post-dental school training for you to become a specialist or a board certified specialist in a specific field. However, for international graduates uh, like myself, um, you need to, there are two main routes that you can take. However, in both routes, you need to be a graduate of a foreign dental school in the first place. So there's no um, cutback or let's say a shortcut that you can directly join into a dental school if you're still a student. So you have to graduate first, and then you can either go through the route of advanced standing or a professional program for international dentists. Um, there are around 40 different dental schools in the US that offer that program, or you can go directly into residency. Now, the problem with residency is that um, you will have limited license to work after you graduate. Um, so let's say there are 50 states in the US and after residency, you can only work in five up to seven uh, states. So this is a big uh, drawback for going directly into residency. Another problem is that going directly into residency is highly competitive because the spots are not just limited for international applicants. 
also for US applicants. So from 14 to 15,000 uh, applications a year, they're only going to accept maybe two or three seats. Um, some programs accept up to six or seven seats, but again, it's highly competitive. Um, another drawback is that most schools that you go direct, like if you want to pursue residency right away, um, most schools would require for you to have a US um, dental school degree. So you need to have a DDS or a DMD. And um, speaking from an Arab perspective, uh, most of our schools in the Middle East, you graduate with a bachelor's degree. So you don't go through the full route of undergraduate and then postgraduate studies. Um, so that's basically a quick summary of the residency programs. Uh, however, although it's very competitive, although it's a very tough program to get into, however, of course, there are uh, outside the norms uh, situations where some people actually make it into residency. Um, however, that we can't really just base it on luck, but um, I mean, it's, it's not the normal route or the easiest route for us internationals. Another more um, international friendly, let's say, um, route is doing something called the advanced standing. So basically, you repeat the last two years of dental school in uh, one of the 40 dental schools in the US um, that provide such a program. Um, you go back to being a student, you do everything again as a student. Some programs um, have six months of preclinical experience that is required, which means that you need to spend time in the lab. You need to do everything back on mannequins, including seminars, lectures, and exams. But at the end of those two years, um, you will graduate um, just like any other dental student who's doing the regular route in the US. So you'll graduate as a general dentist, as a licensed general dentist, because you need to do the license exam before you finish those two years. And um, you start pursuing your career as a general dentist. Now, it's up to you if you want to continue and do residency, of course. Um, but that's a separate, um, separate process that you need to start from scratch again after doing those two years. But what I've been um, seeing lately or based on my research for the last couple of years, because I've been researching about this for the past five years, the most um, the best route actually for internationals is doing the advanced standing first. Uh, because one, although it's two years and it's much more expensive than residency, however, it allows you to do um, to practice dentistry in all 50 states. And uh, it also allows you to get more familiar with the US system um, because um, as we are going to talk about it, there are a lot of differences between the US and any other country in the world. Um, so it gets you more familiar with how the system works, um, the requirements, the inside tips and tricks of how to get into the residency program you want um, and all of those details. And um, at the same time, it um, kind of gives you a very strong foundation because when you get a DDS degree, you're just like any other graduates from the US. Um, however, the main drawbacks is you're wasting, not actually wasting, but you're going back to school for two years. And um, again, it's very expensive, like um, expenses can reach up to um, $300,000 uh, for those two years. So a lot of things that people do, including myself, um, apply for student loans, for private student loans. Now, if you have a green card, you can apply for federal loans. But if you are a pure international uh, student, you can apply for something called private student loans. Um, that route, and that is a total different discussion by itself, but I can give you a quick feedback. Um, the main issue with private student loans is that you need an American 
cosigner. Now, American could be a green card holder or a permanent resident or a US citizen, but they are legally uh, liable as much as you are when they sign off this cosign, when they sign off to become a cosigner. So let's say something happens and you are unable to pay your, um, your student loan later on, they are legally liable to pay the student loan for you. So finding a cosigner is the hardest step in obtaining a student loan. Um, some nationalities have it harder than others because um, it's just way difficult to communicate with, um, with the banks and try to get a private loan. Uh, however, the main issue is finding a cosigner. Another big issue is the um, annual interest rate. So student loans, private student loans have an annual interest rate of up to 13%. Um, some, yes, some banks uh, do offer student loans at a lower range, but it's usually between 11.5 to 13%. Uh, so that is, you're talking about a lot of money that you need to put back. Um, and it's going to affect you for the first three to five years when you start working as a dentist. However, it is a very good investment if you think of it on the long run. Um, and it is your career we're talking about. So it's a very good investment. And plus, um, you have a grace period of six months after graduation, which means you can um, look for a job during those six months, find a job and start paying your uh, annual uh, annual interest fees and as well as the uh, the principal or the money that you obtain from the bank in the first place. So most banks offer up to 15 to 20 years to pay off your loan. But uh, based on my um, interviews with several dentists who went through the same route, you usually pay it off within three to five years, maximum seven years. Um, so that is the thing about loans. However, if a person is a green card holder or a US citizen, a lot of people are actually US citizens, but they went to dental school outside the US and they have to go through the advanced dining program, just like any other international dentist, uh, because they need to make sure that everyone has the same foundation of the basics and the knowledge and the skills, just like any other graduate who studied in the US. Uh, so for federal loans, the uh, percentage, the annual, um, the annual uh, percentage is way less. It's around, five to six maybe, I don't have much information on that, but it's way less. Um, and plus all the other benefits of being a green card uh, holder or a permanent resident. Uh, but pretty much that's the thing about, um, that's the thing about loans. Wow, wow, that was a very uh, comprehensive discussion of all the details of how to get into dental school. So I have many follow-up questions and let's start since we ended with, sure. the, with the idea of loans. Uh, one question that people ask me, can we get scholarships? Is there a way to like just go for, for dental school in the US for free? Now, the thing is about scholarships are usually offered for undergraduate programs. And uh, dentistry in the US is considered a postgraduate program because you need to have a bachelor's degree first. So unfortunately, the scholarships are very limited and um, they're limited to certain minorities and they do not cover full expenses. So you can get a scholarship for like $10,000 maximum but then you have the rest of the money that you need to pay. And it's a lot of paperwork, a lot of, um, they might uh, put you into interviews. Um, they might ask you to write essays. There are limitless options for, uh, for scholarships. However, having a full ride scholarship in dentistry is not something that happens every day, um, unless someone is actually sponsoring you and then it's not called a scholarship. It's someone that's actually sponsoring you. To pay off yeah, which is yeah. I see. Okay, so 
The loans, if you're not a US citizen or a green card holder, you can get for the private loans, which are more expensive. If you're yeah. a US citizen, you can, you can get the federal ones, which are cheaper. If, but you have the option of getting a loan, even if you're an international student without a US citizenship. And, but you yeah. need that, that cosigner, which is actually, if I, if I think about it, it's very challenging. Like if I'm, if someone yeah. that I don't trust, not 100%, 150%, I would not like put my name on something that might cost me $600,000 or three, four, $400,000, which is a lot of money. Yes, it is. And they are legally liable as, as much as you are. However, there's something called a cosigner release, which is after, um, after you start paying off your loan, after a certain number of um, loan payments that you make, uh, you can sign to uh, release your cosigner because they are taking this loan as much as you are. So they are uh, hindered financially because if they want to take a mortgage loan, if they want to take any other loan, that's a very um, big uh, setback for them because wow. they won't be able to take big loans for a while. So um, a lot. one of the things I highly recommend for someone who's looking into student loans is to check off when you can do a cosigner release and if that is an option for the bank that you're getting the loan from. There are several banks, there's there are several banks, usually the university that you apply to or you get accepted to um, gives you like a list of uh, private student loans uh, or lenders that they um, communicate with on daily basis or they've proven to uh, be successful with the students that they have. So usually the university helps you with this list, but you have to do the homework, you have to do uh, the follow up with the bank, you have to call them. Uh, the process usually takes about a month to a month of a, a month and a half if you have your cosigner ready to fill in all the paperwork and to get everything ready. I'm sure now many of our viewers who are listening to this conversation would be discouraged by the fact that they have to pay three, four hundred thousand dollars for this route, and they might be tending towards the residency route. That's like what most of our viewers here are interested in medicine, and they know that in the U.S., once you finish medical school outside the U.S., you just have to pay around $10,000 probably for the whole match process and they find that as expensive. So now listening to $300,000 is probably discouraging for so many and they might be interested in the residency route. Do you have an idea about the match rate or the numbers of like how many people apply as international graduates and how many people match? Is it like very rare or tough but possible? Uh, there's no such thing as impossible. That's what we need to have at the back of our minds at every um, every discussion especially when it comes to medicine uh however we're not as lucky as you guys uh because we can't go directly into residency that's the issue as i mentioned before residency programs are highly competitive because of the limited seats so it, so is residency in medicine however in dentistry a very big prerequisite is being a graduate of an american uh, dental school and that is like the major setback that Which limits the number of residency limits, available yeah. for international graduates. I exactly. See. Now, some programs, for example, do accept internationals directly without having a US degree. However, they, that is very highly competitive because when you're talking about advanced standing, you are competing with other international dentists. You're mm. not competing also with the US graduates. Right. So when you talk about residency, you're competing with everybody else. That's the main issue. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The same applies for, for these competitive specialties in medicine as well, like neurosurgery yeah. or plastic surgery. You're not competing with the regular, even the regular US student, you're competing with the top US students who are applying for these competitive specialties. So yeah, I, I can see that point, yeah. 
Exactly. So most people go through the advanced standing doubt. They work for a few years, get experience and uh, pay off their loans and then uh, eventually go into residency or they can go directly into residency. Many um, banks offer a deferment on your payment if you're going into residency. Um, so they can put off paying the loans for another two, three years. Um, residency programs in the US, um, there are about 20 different residency programs. However, not all of them are CODA accredited, which means um, Commission of Dental, I, I, I'm not sure about the um, acronym, what it stands for, but um, um, they must be CODA accredited for the residency programs and not all residency programs are CODA accredited, meaning at the end, you won't be a board certified specialist. I see. So it's like taking a specialty degree or taking a diploma or a certificate in that field. However, you're not going to be a board certified specialist. And that is an issue if you think about it, because the same thing for medicine. There's a there's a, a limitation in, in work uh, options or limitations in where you can work and which uh, insurance companies will uh, will be able to work with you because most insurance companies prefer that you're board certified. Uh, as well as there's a lot of medical legal issues as well. So, um, so yeah, that's the problem with not all residency programs are CODA accredited. Uh, but the ones that are, um, you apply through something called PASS um, directory. And then you need to check every um, residency program, of course, because the requirements are much different from one school to another. But as, as I said, most schools require you to be uh, a US uh, graduate. Okay, so let's say that we're pursuing the one after you graduate that you want to repeat two years of dental school. And you yeah. told us about that you need to apply and you compete with all the applicants. What are the criteria that you are competing uh, against? Like, what are there exams you need to do before you, you apply? Are there like personal statements you have to submit? What are the requirements you need to do in order to go in this application and compete with the other applicants? Yes, of course, the process is uh, very systemic. It's a little bit hectic and long, but it's uh, systemic. Um, so there's an exam called the National Board Dental Examination. It used to be two exams, but now it, they combined it into one exam. Uh, it's called the INBDE. So this exam is basically the key for you to go either into pass and residency programs or to go into advanced standing. So the first step is doing that exam. The exam is not very hard. Um, the information is just the information that you need to know as a general dentist. Um, and the exam is available almost uh, at least twice every month. However, you need to take it in the US. So there's a visa issue for, uh, for, for people coming here to take the exam. I'm not sure if there are any other countries that you, where you can take the exam because it's a computer-based exam. Uh, after doing that exam, uh, you need to also have um, a high score in TOEFL. So most schools suggest that uh, you'd get over 85. However, technically speaking, for your application to be considered, you need to aim for 105 out of 120 and above for them to see that you're really proficient in English and you are up to their uh, US standards. Um, the Third thing that you need to do is something called ECE report, which is basically you send in your transcripts, you send in your diploma, and they give you an equivalent. It's an online agency that gives you an equivalent uh, to your studies, um, and they convert it into a US GPA system. 
Um, the ACA report is needed for both the um, National Board Dental Examination and also if you want to do um, residency or pass application. So the, the IMBDE, the TOEFL, and the ACE reports are basically the three top things that you need to do before even deciding if you want to repeat two years or you go into residency. Now, if you want to repeat those two years, there's something called CAPID. Um, just like residency, they have PASS. For um, advanced standing, they have CAPID. CAPID is a directory that contains around uh, 40 different dental schools that offer this program. And um, there's a summary. We can provide all the important links in the description uh, for people uh, to access it and get more information, uh, but usually has a very concise summary of what each program is looking for, uh, which kind of um, uh, all need IMBDE. What's the minimum score for TOEFL? Um, what's the minimum GPA that you need to have for ACE? Uh, a lot of them ask as well for supplemental applications meaning that you need to provide certain documents, uh, you need to provide a secondary letter of intent, letters of recommendation, um, especially US experience, if you're able to do externships or observerships in the US, um, all of those factors come into play as well. Um, not all of them request supplemental applications, however, most schools do. Um, CAPID is a free of charge service. It's like a centralized, um, centralized website where you upload all of your documents and then you can choose which schools do you want to send uh, your documents to. Um, this, the fees for each school you send your application to range between $190 to almost $300 to $400, so per application. So if you want to uh, increase your chances, you might uh, focus on schools that uh, have a high class number, meaning that they accept around 40 to 80 students a year. Some of them accept like six or seven. So I wouldn't go ahead and apply for that. Um, make sure that you apply. Those to schools any only accept six applicants. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and if I understood correctly, so not all US schools accept the, these two extra oh. degrees of training. So there are only specific schools that accept that. Yes, that's why you need the CAPET directory. Okay. Because it, it gives you an idea what, uh, which schools have this program in the first place, the deadline for each school, the requirements for each school, um, and uh, emails, contact information in case you have any other questions. Um, the cycle for CAPED or advanced standing opens every March, and it lasts from March till February. Uh, however, um, it is highly important that you apply in the first week because many of the programs uh, have something called that they accept uh, students on rolling basis, which means that as soon as they fill their class size, they're done. Some of them postpone um, reviewing all applications until the deadline is over. But uh, to increase your chances, you need to apply in the first week, maximum first two weeks um, of the cycle. And a lot of programs have different um, deadlines. So a program might close in July and another program might close in November. So it is highly advisable that you keep checking the uh, directory, make sure you plan ahead. Um, if you're planning, let's say for the next cycle, so next March, make sure you do your MBDE first, get a TOEFL score, a good TOEFL score, uh, get your ECE reports done because all of this paperwork takes time. So they could take a few weeks. Uh, studying for the IMBD could take, um, some people study for it for three to four months, some people for a few weeks. It depends on how much you still retain this information from your dental school. 
in the first place. Again, that is very comprehensive overview of the application process. Before I go in a few questions about this, if you have any questions about this and you want to have a detailed discussion about how to get in Dell School, you, you can go ahead and schedule a consultation as we will we'll leave that the link for that in the description below. So I have a few questions about the application process that you mentioned. One point that is very important in the medical application process is the elective or what we call US clinical experience. And you mentioned if you did some observership, some externship in the US, shadowing doctors. How, how do you get that? Or is it that important? Can you match without it? What is the value of US clinical experience for dental schools? Of course, having US dental, uh, dental experience is something that will put you um, above everybody else and would really highlight your application. However, I know a lot of people who got in without US experience. Uh, specifically, it's, uh, it's very expensive to get externships. Um, we're talking about flights, accommodation, and, and uh, expenses for two, two up to four weeks. Uh, however, of course, getting US experience, whether it's an observership or an externship, is highly uh, advisable. Um, you can get such externships uh, depending on what future residency or specialty you want to pursue. So I was interested in oral maxillofacial surgery, so I did externships at Case Western, uh, Tufts University. I also did a, a general practice den uh, dentistry observership for four weeks in Texas. Um, applying for such things is very easy. You just look into the websites or you can just Google um, externships, let's say pediatrics externships in the US, and you can apply directly to the school. However, many schools have certain dates where they can accommodate externs or uh, internships. Um, and again, if you want to do an externship, you need to have a um, insurance, malpractice insurance. Um, again, there are uh, malpractice insurance companies online that can offer you uh, limited coverage for a few weeks, and they're very um, budget friendly. Um, so you need to consider that as well. Uh, but the entire point of the US experience is um, it is best if you have a US recommendation letter. Someone in the US who have seen you, how you work, how you interact with your colleagues, how you interact with your uh, superiors, um, that is very important um, because it truly highlights your capabilities of fitting in um, with ease um, at a US dental school. What about research? Is there any value for doing research in the US when applying to dental school? Of course, research is another thing that would truly highlight your uh, application. However, we know that research takes a lot of time and um, sometimes you might work on a research for several years and not get the publication on time. So it's not like you can work on a research right now if you're applying next year and get it published by then. Uh, but uh, highlighting that you have research experience is very important. Uh, especially if you have any publications done, that would be great. If you don't, that shouldn't discourage you because uh, you can just go ahead and show them during the interview or during the application that you are working on certain uh, research projects which are intended for publication later on. Um, I know people who um, published articles, not necessarily uh, manuscripts or scientific literature, articles on the use of magnification in dentistry or newspaper articles. There are options in your CAPED application where you can mention all of those things, not necessarily just research. Any extra um, projects that you've been working on while you were in dental school. Um, something that they really focus on is leadership roles. So have you taken any leadership roles when you were a dental student? Um, again, volunteer work and 
uh, I recently learned that what they do really focus on in uh, volunteer work and leadership is basically were you consistent throughout the years of doing it? So they would rather take someone who volunteered, let's say, three hours every week for um, a duration of five years uh, over a person who just went on a, a mission trip for a week, let's say. So they want to see your consistency in your extracurriculars, uh, if you have sports, uh, extracurricular activities, if you're an athlete of some kind, um, any um, music or um, let's say additional um, talents that you have that would really set you off as a unique individual that they will um, accept you as part of their uh, dental program. Awesome. So now moving to my final question. Now people listening to us, they're doing dental school in their countries. They have to be graduates. Why should they think of moving to the US and doing this all over again, or not all over again, two years and spending all that money and practicing in the US? What are the advantages of doing dental school in the US and practicing in the US? Uh, that's a very interesting question because um, a person who's watching this right now will not need much affirmation for why they want to go into the US. They've already set off their mind that they want to come to the US and they're just looking for the routes to do it. But for people who are still hesitant or they're considering other countries like Germany, like uh, what we talked about before this interview, uh, Germany or Europe in general, or any other UK, for example, uh, Australia or New Zealand, uh, one thing I can say for sure is that the US is a tier one uh, country which means most of the programs here are tier one, um, meaning that after graduating here as a specialist or even as a general dentist, you um, most likely won't need to do a lot of um, equivalency to any other country that you go because it's considered to be the highest standards in medicine and in dentistry. Uh, again, programs here really focus on um, and emphasize on um, graduating the best doctors and dentists they have. The, the reason why dental schools are very competitive, it's because um, it's a very uh, well-paid profession anywhere in the world, but especially in the US. So therefore you cannot get this degree unless you're highly qualified. Um, so that's why you need to do four years of undergrad and then you go into, the, um, into dental school if, you're, if you studied in the US in the first place. And if you think about it, if you do those two years, you would be, because most dental schools in, in, in the Middle East are either five years or maximum six years. So an additional two years kind of puts you at the same level as any person who did four years of undergrad and then four years of postgrad dental school. So it's kind of just a way to ensure that everyone is on the same page um, and they are able to practice dentistry according to the US standards in the best way possible. Uh, one thing as well is everything is up to date. Like we can take um, COVID, for example, um, the regulations and um, the guidelines for treating COVID, uh, most of them generate were generated by uh, American uh, universities because uh, American universities highly emphasize the importance of research and evidence-based dentistry or evidence-based medicine. So being in a country that um, focuses on, there's no such thing as this is the protocol just because everything is backed up uh, scientifically. Um, and uh, being in such a country really makes you a better professional, a better doctor and a better dentist. 
Uh, and again, it's a challenge, of course, leaving. I recently left my, uh, uh, my second home, UAE, um, and I'm here all alone pursuing this, uh, this track. But it's certainly a challenge, but something that you can look back and uh, recognize as, uh, wow, did I really do this? And it's going to pay off eventually. So it's hard. It's, uh, it's a thousand uh, steps, but step number a thousand and one, you'll be where you want to be. Yeah, exactly. Listening to this conversation, uh, because I, I don't like to listen to what I do the video about. So I want to listen to it firsthand, like our viewers. So I can ask the follow-up questions that everyone has had in mind. And now listening to this, it's indeed a challenging process and has multiple steps. And I believe that most people who don't have an idea or don't have someone who can guide them with this would definitely need kind of one-on-one -on -one guidance to reach this goal. So if any of you need like help, one-on-one -on -one guidance with planning, with step, what you don't, you don't know what to do to get into dental school, go ahead and schedule a consultation on our website and get the guidance that you need. Seema, I would like to thank you so much for your... Uh, time and for your advice, there is so much deficiency. There is so much, so many resources about how to get into medical school and uh, how to get into residency for international graduates. So I feel there is deficiency in how to, to get into dental school. It's like a secret that nobody talks about. So I really appreciate your time and you you willing to talk about this journey and what everyone needs to get into dental school uh, into dental school in the U.S. And as you said, we'll leave all this, the links that you mentioned in the description for people to check out. Yes, perfect. Thank you so much, Malki, for doing this in the first place, for guiding people. I certainly had a lot of uh, trouble um, getting the correct resources. So you being a connecting link to the people is such a noble thing to do in this stage. Thank you so much again, Sima, for your time, for our viewers. Uh, if you like this video, make sure to hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, and hit the bell sign so you get notified whenever I post future videos about dental school, residency, or research. Thank you everyone so much for watching, and see you in future videos.